Welcome to House of Herders podcast, discussing all things dog, from training to life experience. Your hosts today are Alana and Gemma. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to our podcast. Sadly, today it is just myself, Lana, here. Gemma is off today. She's a little bit under the weather, so sorry you're just stuck with me. But we have a schedule and we've decided that I would just go ahead and get started. So welcome back to episode, well, season two. So we have had a lot happen. And as you probably noticed, we've been quite unactive on our podcast channel for the last little while. That is because... Gemma and I made a huge decision where we decided that we were just going to take House of Herders from being a little podcast and just two great trainers coming together. We decided that we would just go and make House of Herders a business, (laughs) which is insane. So we went from both owning dog walking companies, which we still do, being dog trainers at another company, to launching our own business. Um, still working with the original companies we're still part of them we're still associate trainers there but to actually fully launching our own independent business so we decided that after the first round of the podcast really we kind of started to see some differences in the social media that we were coming across and the people that were looking for advice we're seeing it all the time on like local groups. So as being from Glasgow, we have quite a high percentage of dogs, well, especially Border Collies, German Shepherds, etc., that come from working backgrounds but end up in city centre homes, which just isn't suitable for them. Probably about two years now, um, Gemma and I had went down to a workshop with the Urban Herder, which is Ellen, and we just loved everything that she done, to be quite simply honest. We loved the fact that she had a business that surrounded all of her favourite things, which was collies and farm animals. And the fact that after us starting this podcast, meeting some fantastic, super inspirational people, we decided that it'd be really silly not to try. Not to try and create our dream realistically. I know that sounds so corny, but it is true. It is a complete and utter dream to spend every day doing something that you love and that you believe in and that brings you joy and happiness. And at the end of the day, life is too short not to do that. Like, it's far too short. So House of Herders was launched. And once we kick-started it, it just started running. Um, Life just got so insanely busy. First and foremost, so the things that kind of held us off a little bit and where our last season ended quite abruptly was we sadly lost some really key members in our family um, and that obviously knocked us off our little rhythm that we had with our episodes but by this point in time we had already decided that House of Herders was going to be something so we had to then put all of our energy that we had into this new business that we decided to launch we you know we gave up quite a few really good things in order to give this its chance realistically so since we actually did launch it I wouldn't say we've put a hundred percent in with every single client we put a hundred percent in but things like social media etc we're still not a hundred percent where we should be for the kind of business that we have However, in the first six months, I'm just going to list you some of the 
insanely phenomenal things that we have done. So one of the first ones um, was a workshop online. It's a webinar for Ogilvy Dogs um, on why movement matters. I still can't get over that. For me, that was my what the fuck moment. I just couldn't believe that we had that opportunity to access that platform and to to do it, to actually talk to people about why we feel movement is so important in a herding breed's life. Um, obviously, how's the herders? It's a herder-specific company. We specialise in herding breeds, so we work with all breeds. Um, we actually got to spend an hour on a call with 80 or so members explaining why movement matters. Now, we pre-recorded the workshop. We got to include videos of our dogs doing urban herding. We got to play videos of our dogs training. It was just, it was a dream come true. I mean, so for me, that was like the moment, like the moment that was just insane for me. Then after that, we had what for Gemma was her moment of, oh my God, this is something, is we done a live demo at Pee in the Park. So Pee in the Park is like a play on Tea in the Park and it's one of Scotland's biggest dog festivals in the kind of East Lothian region. So it's huge, it's, it's fantastic. There's so many amazing vendors there, so many amazing dog trainers and doggies specific companies there was another dog trainer there there was magnus canine there that's a scent detection trainer she was doing an amazing demo there was just so much on and see to have been invited to that and to be part of that it was just mind-blowing absolutely insane like in my head i'd always thought to be able to do these events like to be able to do a you know a webinar for a company or to be able to you know, do a live day one event. I would have to pay a lot of money to do that. And to have been invited to these things and be given that platform was just, I can't describe it. It was phenomenal. Then we had our Urban Herdom workshop, which sold out in 36 hours. Um, we just honestly couldn't get our head around that. It was absolutely insane. That was so much fun. We worked with border collies, we work with bearded collies, we work with German shepherds. So we've now done, I think, three open herding workshops in total. We have done one with other dog trainers. We have done another one with dog trainers and specifically German shepherds. And then we've done a public one, um, which is where we had a huge mix of breeds. We had shepherds, we had a Mali Cross Dutch herder, we had bearded collies, we had border collies, we had a sprawly, we've had kelpies. Just so many different herding breeds getting together and performing and getting to do what they were naturally made to do. It was just mind-blowing. The herding workshops were just so exciting, so much fun to just see these dogs do something that was naturally hardwired and for them to be successful at that and for them to get that relief and actually over time start to improve their behavior so for example one of the dogs that came to one of our workshops they now do urban herding before they go for a walk and their dog is no longer reactive on walks now I'm not saying that that little 10 minutes urban herding 
is what cured the reactivity. They've done so much hard work alongside that. But we can most definitely say that the urban herdom was a huge part in them putting all the pieces together. It was like the final final piece of the jigsaw puzzle, really. And I'll be forever grateful that we have that opportunity, that we can do that and that we can bring that to people and we can give dogs that. <clears throat> For me personally, I've always said that I wouldn't put my dogs on sheep, which is hugely ironic because Oscar's gone on sheep at the weekend um, for his first time. But I think it's so nice to be able to give the dogs an outlet and something that I can say, oh, this works for my dog, but to then be able to take it out to the public and actually be able to see it work for their dogs too and for that to consistently work and be successful. So, yeah, that was insane. And around that time of us launching our third workshop, which was our public workshop, is the same time that we no longer were able to refer to urban herding as a certain word called sheep balls. So sheep balls is what we've always referred to it as. Reason for that is because when we're doing this game, we're using balls and we're stimulating that herding instinct in the dogs. It just seemed right to always tie it back to somebody that had also found that, had, you know, built that process and had put an end to it. We always thought that was the right thing to do. However, we were then told when they launched their instructor's course that they only wanted people that had completed that instructor's course specifically through them and passed when they chose. So it's not like a Dewey exam and you passed. When they said that you were ready, could you use that name? Which is absolutely fine. Um, but I think it was quite a shock because the industry itself is quite cold at times um, out with your circle. So it was quite a shock to a lot of businesses that had been using that term to call their herding games, really, that we now couldn't use that. We had to delete a lot of social media, which was really sad. It was some of it was beautiful social media where we had 100% credited that creator, which is something that we always do on socials. It's something we always do in blogs, on these podcasts. You'll know from listening to them, we are not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're very much aware that people have been there, done that, and probably done it better. And it's not something that we're shy to ever admit. So yeah, that was really quite quite a big blow to lose so much of our social media. We had to delete our whole season two of our podcast because we, we consistently referred to urban herding and herding games as a singular term. Which I guess, and realistically, doesn't fully suit it because every trainer does it differently. We apply it differently. So, for example, the original game can only be done with border collies, whereas we use it with all different types of herding breeds and we tweak it to suit those dogs. Um, I think to this date, probably one of my favourite dogs. Well, actually, two. Uh, both of them are shepherds. It was just phenomenal seeing how we could change the game from how we played with our border collies to suit in these shepherds whose uses are slightly different in the field so no very interesting makes sense it offers better clarity to I guess people buying these courses so we're more than happy to be referring to as urban herding and herding games because that is realistically what it is and what we're doing so yeah that was a real tough one um it literally happened just as our courses sold out <laughs> um, but we explained it and at the end of the day we explained it all at the sessions and no love was lost many 
people I think had assumed that it was actually a form of tree ball that we would be playing so that is definitely something we're going to be offering in the future is tree ball I need to kind of I need to find a place to be able to blow up these balls and practice safely near where I live um I, I just have visions of me blowing up these balls and I'm just billowing away onto like <laughs> the motorway and god knows what else onto the main roads and me trying to catch them with my collies trying to herd them down the main roads so that is why I have not yet started to play tree ball but it is something that I want to I want to do with my dogs so watch this space and we'll see what we can get done with tree ball <laughs> um going on from that with our generalized house of herders business we are offering one-to-one classes well one-to-one sessions I should say where we're going to people's houses we're working through car chasing namely is one of the biggest things that we're being called out for aggression in the home resource garden we're also super excited that we're getting a lot of hounds as well so we're getting some bull lurchers some little dachshunds it's just been a total roller coaster and it's been so much fun and which i think is the key word here so much fun so on Sundays, we're still running our set mark classes. We're going to be introducing a herding, actual block of herding classes and herding games, which is so exciting. We're still writing that course and I cannot wait to bring it. We are also going to be releasing a predation course soon. As some people know, if you've ever emailed us, you've got the bounce back. I'm a predation substitute instructor through Simone Muller's course. Absolutely love it. I've been obsessed with PST since Simone came to Scotland literally when I became a dog trainer <laughs> it's been a long time I love predation substitute training I think it's totally underrated and I can't wait to bring that to people and I'm super excited to be doing that over winter which is the main thing Gemma has started her dog on sheep now so Travis is on sheep and he is phenomenal I'm not just saying that because we're friends I'm genuinely saying that because it's true he is a beautiful herder he is just so effortless and so natural, which is so nice to see. So that is probably the best type of recap I can really do talking to myself. It has been a super intense few months for Gemma and I. And we're looking forward to getting back on the ball with our podcast, getting them out regularly. As I say, we did record a large part of season two, which all had to get binned. So we're kind of going over that again. I would love it if you have any guests that you specifically like to hear on our podcast to let us know. We have quite a cool lineup actually for this season. We've been inviting more guest speakers on, which is something that we've not really done before. But there will, of course, still just be musings between me and Gemma and our very regular guest, Amy from Canine Potential. So yeah, thank you so much for supporting us to season one. And thank you so much for coming back for season two. We cannot wait to take you on this crazy journey with us and see where things go. So yeah, happy listening. Bye. Well, that's us reached the end of the episode already. Dog training is forever evolving and we strive to keep an open mind and the dogs at the centre of everything that we do. You can find us across social media platforms using our tag at House of Herders and we would love for you to join in that conversation with us. Until next time, bye!